The Me Too movement has created all sorts of responses. One of them is a filmmaker who has said, my legacy is partly in recording this for healing purposes for Dallas and beyond. Her name is Cheryl Allison. She'll be with us on Good God. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm George Mason, host of Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. And I'm delighted to welcome my friend and church mate, uh, Cheryl Allison, uh, back to the program. Yes. Welcome to Good God again. Well, thank Cheryl. you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we had a delightful time talking about your growing up uh, years at Wilshire mm -hmm. Baptist Church and also you're coming to terms with your uh, being a gay woman and mm -hmm. um, marrying Natalie and and developing a sense of vocation as an actress and and in this episode I'd really like us to pursue that uh, sense of vocation a little bit more mm -hmm. so uh, tell us tell us a little bit about the connection for you between uh, your your own personal faith and the work you do uh, how did you how do you put that together, the, the God and the good, so to speak, in terms of uh, acting and directing and producing and all of that. Yes, yes. Well, I think, um, you know, acting and singing, uh, my, my career primarily has been uh, on stage. Yes. Went to New York, did the Broadway shows, national tours, a lot of regional theater. And I just saw you in Casa Manana's uh, Mamma Mia. Yes, you Fantastic. did. Fantastic. Singing in and dancing and hysterical. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there Fantastic. we go. I think... Um, to, to me, um, theater is a wonderful um, way for people to escape uh, their daily uh, burdens and mm -hmm, trials mm -hmm. for a two-hour period, mm -hmm. and they come and they can forget all of their worries. Okay. So I find it um, a form of service. Hmm. I am entertaining you. Hmm. I am um, helping you to escape into a new world, and mm -hmm. hopefully... Uh, you know, you leave feeling better than when you come to the theater. And maybe even it's not only an escape, but maybe you might imagine your humanity a little differently because you've been to the theater exactly. too. Exactly. You might say, I wonder if there is another way to look at the world because oh, mm -hmm. I've had a, a different picture of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's activism through art. Yes. I mean, all artists do that. Yes. We all make statements of, right. on social issues, political issues right. through our art. Right. And so I've always enjoyed over the years being able to take on, uh, put on other people's skin, mm -hmm, I call mm -hmm, it, right. and um, show these different characters and walk in their shoes. And not only, I think, does an audience maybe leave with a new perspective, mm -hmm. uh, I have as an actress. Yes. I have discovered things within characters that I've played okay. that I had never realized before. And they, it, it helped me grow or raise my awareness. Right. Uh, for example, I, I had the honor of uh, playing the lead in a movie called No Letting Go. What an important movie. Yes, yes it's based mm -hmm. on a true story about yes. a woman who has three boys, and the mm -hmm. middle boy is suffering from mental illness. Right. So, first of all, being a true story, I, I met with the, the woman who wrote the screenplay. It's based mm -hmm. on her life, Randy yes. Silverman, wonderful woman. And... Um, it, it raised my awareness and changed the way I look mm -hmm. at the mental health community yes. and, and helped me see the stigma that surrounds it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I became an activist mm -hmm. for that cause because mm -hmm. um, 
I wasn't aware mm -hmm. that all of that was going on. So right. I changed through that role, and I know the movie has helped yes. open people's eyes to that. So yes. I think art is very important mm -hmm. that way. Good. Uh, and that's why I formed my film company, to, to take on projects that can continue to do that. Wow Films. Wow. What a better name, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, ironically, uh, you know, it, not only Wow uh, Films, but it turns out that we've started the Women of Wilshire. That's right. Uh, the wow being mm -hmm. the T-shirt, and uh, you wore that at the border when you went down to yes, help the kids at the border. Uh, so that was a, a fun little uh -huh. uh, connection as well. Uh, well, Cheryl, one of your um, most important projects that you're working on right now is a documentary film on the Me Too movement right. that is uh, titled Shatter the Silence. Yes. Uh, I know I've had a little bit of an opportunity to participate with that, uh, but what was the motivation for you to create this project and, and tell us what you're gonna hope to accomplish with it. Okay. Uh, back this last, in fall mm -hmm. of 2017, when the big national reckoning yes. was happening for right. women, right. and every day we were seeing men in power fall from their positions right. and more women um, coming out and speaking their truth. Mm -hmm. I started thinking that um, at some point the media will move on mm -hmm. and it will die down just like right. anything it else. It always does. Right. And now they should be focusing on gun control and immigration rights and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what can I do? What little bit of a footprint can yes. I make in art to keep this going? Okay. And uh, I started to think about how Time's Up was mm -hmm. formed, you know, and it's helping on a national level. Right. But I thought about my home, mm -hmm. Dallas, the DFW community. Mm -hmm. What are our thoughts? What is our community doing? Mm -hmm. What initiatives are taking place at the local and state level mm -hmm. to address this issue and raise awareness? So I didn't really know what I was going, you know, how I was going to start, but I started interviewing people. Um, that from different areas, different professions, religious leaders like yourself. Mm -hmm. You're a very uh, prominent voice in the film, by the way. Oh, good. Happy uh, it's wonderful. And so a couple of religious leaders, politicians. I have the wonderful former uh, Senator Wendy Davis. Oh, I know. Senator. And you filmed her at the church. So I, I got did. To visit Thank with you her. for that. that. So, you yeah. know, she's a prominent voice, uh, yeah. obviously, and very high profile mm -hmm. in the film. Uh, I brought together teachers and students. Mm -hmm. um, social workers who work in domestic uh, violence yes. services. Mm. Uh, people like that to bring their voice forward and talk mm. about this. So yeah. we do have some women that talk about their own Me Too stories and mm -hmm. some, some really horrible things that have happened to them. Mm -hmm. But then I also have people in the community talking about initiatives that are happening. For example, Representative Victoria Niave, yes. who is our representative for District 107 here in right. Dallas, she has formed the first sexual violence task force wow. in our city, and she brings together, uh, you know, district attorney, the the head of police, mm -hmm. uh, fire mm -hmm. department, hospitals, right. to all talk about what is going on, how can we address certain issues, and address the um, extensive backlog of yes. untested rape kits. Mm -hmm. In, in the state of Texas. It is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, yes. It really so uh, what I find encouraging about this film and what I have found through my interviews 
is that there's a lot of grassroots movements happening. Good. There are things that one woman, um, Denise Lee, who's a fellow actress in the community, you mm. saw her in Mamma Mia. Oh, she Denise, played Rosie. Okay. Yes. She um, established Change the Perception. Uh -huh. And through that um, organization, she has what she calls community conversations mm -hmm. that occur, I think it's the first Monday of every month. Um, that mm -hmm. may not be correct, but it's like one Monday every okay. month. And she will bring um, a social topic mm -hmm. that can be polarizing, mm -hmm. and she brings people together and they discuss it. Good. So uh, I filmed her when we mm -hmm. were talking about uh, you know the Me Too movement, and mm -hmm. I was able to film you know, community conversations. So there's a lot of encouraging things happening. Good. Which I feel this film will give people hope. Right. And I also hope that people all over, even though it's about Dallas, people in a film festival in Tennessee could look at this film and say, well, what is my school system thinking? What does my right. church feel about this? Right, right. Yeah. And you know, I, I think as we've talked about this and I've thought about your project too, uh, the, there are probably people who start out with assumptions that this is all about exposing what is wrong, uh, that it's about uh, punishing men and protecting mm -hmm. women, and there's certainly, that if that's all it was, it would certainly be worthwhile. But it occurs to me that what, we're, what we really should be hopeful about is to recognize that for men and women to honor one another and treat one another with mm -hmm. respect and boundaries, to listen to each other and to have a kind of uh, re relationship of mutuality is healing not just for women but for oh, men. Absolutely. I don't think people understand just how damaging to the male, um, uh, the male uh, identity is this notion that we should be an aggressive uh, uh, sort of a gender where we're, we're going after what we want and we t don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's demeaning of our humanity, in fact, right. to not recognize this mutuality and the, the, the depth of relationships uh, the quality of life that exists in uh, another person, when we treat them otherwise as, as just a potential for our own gratification, mm -hmm. it's, it's limiting and demeaning uh, for both parties. Right, and you actually say this in the film, yeah. which is so beautiful, because mm -hmm. you, and you also say, this is not about sex. Right. It's about power. It is, that's right. And, uh, you know, I have several, you know, men allies in the mm -hmm. film. And we also talk about a reconditioning mm -hmm. that needs to mm -hmm. happen for society because mm -hmm. look at the way, uh, the pressure we put on young boys. Mm -hmm. You know, be a man, right. don't cry, yeah. don't show sensitivity. Sure. You know, they're sort of not given a chance from the beginning. Right. You know, they're, they're told to put on that aggressive right. kind of exterior. And then, uh, the, you know, the patriarchal, system that's been in place and there's one section where I have this wonderful uh, gentleman who talks about sayings that occur that we don't even think about like um, how many times do do coaches say to to a young boy oh, you throw like a girl yeah right. you're running like a girl right. so to that young boy not only is he embarrassed now because mm -hmm. he's being called a girl yes. but also 
girls can't throw. That's a put down. Of course. See, so there you yeah. go with the imbalance of power right, that starts right. at a young age. Right. So it, you know, it takes a long time to recondition things like that. Well, and furthermore, I mean, women are, women should be uh, able to grow up celebrating their intellect mm -hmm. and their initiative and their creativity beyond just the supportive role to men. Right. Uh, if, if we want a society in which everyone can uh, experience uh, the full uh, outcome of the gifts that God has given to each person, then limiting them to very specific roles is, uh, is really detrimental to the way God made us to begin with. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. and I think that um, one thing you said in the film that, that really hits home for a lot of people is you said this has been a, a pressure cooker mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a long time. Right. It's been simmering. Yeah. And last fall, the lid blew off. Right. And it seemed very extreme to people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of people were, you know, falling yeah. from grace and right. for, for things that had happened 20 years earlier. Right. And that can be extreme, mm -hmm. I get that. But you said, if it makes us as men feel uncomfortable right now, <laughs> imagine how women have felt for years. For years and so years. So if we have to sit in our uncomfortableness, yes. then so be it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that was a very powerful thing that you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, it's true. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that starting the communication like this between men and women, mm -hmm. raising awareness about mm -hmm. this, it, it will help. Um, but it's, it's a big thing when this has gone on since biblical times. Well, it absolutely <laughs> has. And, and, and I think it's, it's helpful to say that it, at certain moments in history, we have breakthroughs. Yes. You know, and we may be at one of those breakthrough moments, uh, but history is still a, a not uh, going to progress on a, a straight path I and mean, it's going to it, it's going to be back and forth and it's yes. it's going to be up and down and so uh, we've got a long way to go um, but the, the beautiful thing one of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. said that's so powerful I think is that the the moral arc of the universe is long yes. but it bends toward justice exactly and we have this imagination, especially as people of faith, of the great shalom of God, mm -hmm. when the dream of God for the world is going to be true one day, and we live into it. Yes. So, anyway, let's yes. pick that up a little bit more as okay. we explore more about this after the break. Okay. Okay. Thank you. The more time that I spent as an office holder, both on the city council and then later in the Texas Senate, and even as a gubernatorial candidate, the more I came to fully understand the challenges that still in 2018, women are up against. And it's really phenomenally disappointing. We're back with Cheryl Allison. Uh, director, producer of Shatter the Silence, yes. uh, which is a film about the Me Too movement mm -hmm. and uh, talking about how people in Dallas uh, are being creative and helping constructively to um, take advantage of this moment for good. When is this going to be released? 
Good question. No, yeah. uh, actually, it's coming along really nicely. Okay. I have now edited, because I'm editing it as yes. well, 50 minutes of the film. Good. So I see the film being, uh, you know, edited by, you know, in a couple of weeks, about mm -hmm. August 13th. And then okay. our hope is to go through post-production yes. by the end of the year. All right. And then we will hit uh, film festivals worldwide in 2019. Good. And then uh, we will be in talks for distribution. All right. Uh, documentaries don't have too big of a life in the theater. Mm -hmm. So uh, we will have a premiere here at the Angelica. Great. Mockingbird, which Wonderful. is very exciting. And then um, we will look for online platforms like Netflix and sure. Amazon Prime, sure. iTunes. And hopefully on our local regional PBS station, KERA. Great. There's Great. some connections there. Well, I, we'll probably air this closer to that time, as mm -hmm. a matter of fact, so we'll have a little bit, uh, uh -huh. uh, a, a way to be able to promo that for you. Great. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it struck me uh, this past week, we had an episode of our church. Mm -hmm. And you reported this on Facebook. It was actually hysterical the way it all happened. I <laughs> met you afterward in the Narthex. And as it turns out, uh, you'd been editing all night long. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to cut church because you were exhausted, which, yes. you know, Playing I hooky. have to give you um, <laughs> some uh, amnesty for that. But uh, uh, Natalie is sitting in the pew and yes. she texts you and tells you, get over here. Yes. Uh, because we had some protesters out in front of our church. We did. And they were mainly protesting our LGBT inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, but it struck you that that wasn't the only thing they probably had in their mind about right. their worldview and the like. And so here comes Cheryl uh, with come. her camera. Camera, and, shorts, baseball hat, tank top, did not right? look, uh, not a church attire. And uh, I approached them and uh, just started to talk with them a bit. and. Told them I was doing a documentary, which is uh, true about the the reckoning for women in the Me Too movement, and I wanted to get their views on women right. uh, and uh, patriarchy in the church and that uh -huh. sort of thing. Uh, they did not want to be have their visual on film, but they did uh, allow me to to film their audio. It's fascinating that they didn't. I mean, they're out there yes. protesting. You would think mm -hmm. that they would be glad to. Go, well, anyway. that makes you feel like don't they know at some level that maybe they're on the wrong side of this when they already are saying they don't want their face right, right. being shown. But, um, but I, I did explain to them that although I may have differing opinions, mm -hmm. that as a filmmaker, uh, it's my responsibility to hear both sides. Right. And that they had a right to, to express their opinion. Mm -hmm. And they did. So, you know, I'm, I'm editing that in. Uh, right now. So one of the fascinating things that they told you, I, I'm still trying to get my head around, is that uh, one of them said that there is in his understanding of things a clear hierarchy that starts with God. Right, then goes to Jesus. Then to Jesus. And then went to angels, oh, and then no, went to man. Men, males. Males, and then went to angels. Then angels. And then women. And then women down here. Okay. Yes, uh -huh. yeah. so, um, and yeah. the, you know, they were quoting the yeah. Bible and Mm -hmm. um, things like that. I asked him about divorce. Mm -hmm. I said, have any of you been divorced? And one mm -hmm. man had. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, the Bible mm -hmm. talks about divorce being a sin and you shouldn't, mm -hmm. shouldn't be divorced. And, and then he said, well, that's when I was living in sin and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I've come to, uh, come to confess that yeah. and, mm -hmm. and things. So, you know, um, sometimes you can't argue with, with the extremism no. like that, but you can certainly 
uh, I think as Christians, um, when we communicate our point or defend our our position, right. it can still be uh, out with respect and love. Well, I think that's an important thing that we tried to do on Sunday, and we 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 struggle. I think everyone struggles with people who are expressing their difference mm -hmm. from others uh, in the church and from the church toward others as well. Uh, I, there's, it's so easy to demonize someone who is different from you. Mm -hmm. And as a gay woman, you've especially experienced that, of course. Uh, sometimes as a minister, I have uh, from those who disdain religion generally. Um, but even in the church, the liberal and conservative, progressive and traditional uh, sort of dichotomy is made into a kind of uh, irretrievable binary mm -hmm. uh, where uh, progressives can't see anything of value in the positions or the persons who are more right. traditional and vice versa. And uh, so I think the healing of our society if the church is going to learn how to do that, uh, we have to stop looking down on one another, dismissing one another. Right. We've got to figure out a way to say, I can't agree with you about this, um, but I want to hear mm -hmm. from you. And then uh, in that listening and that deep listening and, 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 and offering the cup of cold water, of friendship and all of that, that's part of it as well. Right. You still can be a part of my life. Now, there's a limit, uh, as we've talked about. You, you know, if, if your boundaries are being uh, trampled upon and right. your sense of self is being trampled upon, that's, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But uh, we were talking off camera about turning the other cheek. Exactly. Say, say a little more about your understanding of that. Yes, you know, well, growing up, you hear about turning the other cheek and, you know, just don't say anything or, or laugh it off or things like that. And, what it does, I think, to young boys and girls when they hear that uh, in the church is that um, it stops their growth and development of self-empowerment. Yes. Because it says, you know what? Your worth is lower than just turn the other cheek. Right. And it took me a long time to realize that uh, turning the other cheek to me doesn't mean I don't put up a healthy boundary right. and say this is an incredibly unhealthy situation or relationship for me, right. so I need to now remove myself from that situation. Mm. But it, it means I can remove myself from that situation without feeling hate in my heart okay. for the other person. Right. Right. Um, because that only does me harm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that's something that these phrases of turn the other cheek doesn't address. Mm -hmm. and, and there was one question I asked you when we were filming Shadow the Silence, mm -hmm. because we were talking about sexual harassment in the mm -hmm. church. Right. Because I also interview another uh, wonderful woman, Reverend Yvette Blair, who was mm -hmm. pervasively sexually harassed in the Methodist mm -hmm. church here in Dallas. Right. So I asked you how Wilshire would handle that. And right. you told me that while we are an all-inclusive church and mm -hmm. welcoming of all. That um, if that occurred, uh, you know, obviously church leaders, along with the the person who's being victimized and mm -hmm. and the uh, you know accused abuser, would talk. We would try to reconcile it, say right. that that there's no tolerance for that, zero right. tolerance. And then if the behavior continued, you mm -hmm. said we ultimately would have to exclude them. Right 
from the church because when the community is violated, we all are violated. And to me, that was so wonderful because that was saying you would have to set up a healthy boundary. There comes a point. It, It is one of the one of the things that's so difficult to articulate at times when you like out in front of our church there's a, a sign right now that says everybody body and by the way it's stated not just everybody but every body yeah. because sometimes as christians we only think of that in uh, sort of ethereal ways and yes. and we we are bodily creatures and mm-hmm. we are different in that respect we want to respect each body and everybody uh, as they come. But when you say that, that can sound very Pollyannish and yes. very, um, you know, well, and do you really mean it? Everybody? Well, everybody is welcome and everyone is loved, but there has to be from everybody a respect yes. for everybody. And if that's not true, then there's a corrosive. Uh, cancer at the heart of a community. People are not safe. People are uh, fearful about uh, their uh, life with one another. It's not about love then. It's about uh, a kind of permissiveness that allows people to run roughshod over one another. That's not love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love requires respect and it has has appropriate boundaries, not with the intent of excluding, but with the intent of honoring. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that people don't fully realize. You can't continually denigrate and dishonor someone and claim that you have the right to do that and because you're included. Uh, That's that's not the way I think God has made God's Mm -hmm. inclusive realm. Uh, for us, so I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's one of the hardest things in the church to do, mm-hmm. is to have appropriate boundaries for that. But I, you know, I sort of liken it to a school principal, whose job it is uh, sometimes to go out on the playground and make sure that everyone gets to play. Uh, if if somebody's bullying someone else, it takes all the fun out of the playground. Right. Uh, it takes all the joy and the safety out exactly. of it. And so sometimes discipline like that is meant not to punish, but to yeah. allow everyone to flourish uh, and to, to celebrate right. together. And, and so sometimes that's the role of leadership. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think you know, what's interesting is because there is um, some empo- you know empowerment happening, especially with women mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. that because of this turn the other cheek mm-hmm. mentality, and especially in the South, they'll kind of sweep it under the carpet, don't right. say anything, laugh it off, right. um, has been simmering, like you said. Now they're using their voice. Yes. And it's spewing out, and it shocked people, like, yes. where is this coming right. from? But they have finally, there's, there's this self-empowerment that's mm-hmm. happening that they're saying, I am putting up a healthy boundary. Yes. That's not appropriate. Right. And so people are like, well, what? It was appropriate, you know, five years ago. It was appropriate. You didn't say anything last week. Right. And finally, women are going, you know what, though? I'm going to say it. And I think it's happening in so many different areas of our, of our community. Um, maybe it's a sign of the political times. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Well, I think what's happened is there's been a breakthrough now uh, where women believe that it's possible for them to affect change. Mm-hmm. 
when you were, and I know you were in Steel Magnolias years ago as yes, well. Yes, I was, Truvy. But to be a Steel Magnolia was about all you could hope for. That mm -hmm. is to say, your turning the other cheek was your uh, feeling of having agency where, uh, okay, I can't change the whole culture, but you can't own my decision about mm -hmm. how I handle my own feelings about right. this and how I behave. And uh, I think the same was true in the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. uh, where there was a time when the most you could imagine doing was, I won't give you my soul. Yes. I will, I, you can't own the, that's my turn in the other cheek, is to say, again and again, I'm owning the way I feel about this, and you don't own me right. on the inside. But thank God we've come to a place where we can imagine now it's more than just putting up with it and owning right. my attitude. Now I can actually believe yeah. that change is possible. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. Because of the Rosa Parks who said, I'm gonna sit, I'm not just gonna go. turn the other cheek, right. I'm gonna sit at the front of the bus. Exactly. And the Gloria Steinem's and yes. the Equal Rights right. you know, Amendment, and then the Suffragettes, of course, yes. who um, I have a lot of archival footage in our film to of you. that. Okay. Yeah. And it's quite chilling yes. to see the latest Women's March, mm -hmm. and then you see right after it, you know, the, the Suffragette March. Yes. We've been doing this. Yes for over a hundred years, right, right. Uh, you know, it's quite amazing, but a lot of change. And you know, one thing I didn't realize was that my mother, early on, could not get a credit card in her own name. Incredible, right, yes. It had to be Mrs. Brian Allison. Right. So look at that, you know. Yes. Right. Look at what we fought for in these different little areas. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot of people have been doing that work, and now there's this huge, like I said, reckoning. And yes. I think it's shocking people and it may feel extreme to some, but I think we have to go there in order to come back right. and then meet together. Wonderful. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for both helping us go there and also having the spirit of how we're gonna to meet together as well. Okay. I always love that about you. And so it's been a delight. Well, if we're not to together, we can't move forward. That's exactly you right. Know? Yeah. Right, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. All right. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White. Guest coordination and social media by Upward Strategy Group. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2018 by Faith Commons. More time that I spent as an office holder, both on the city council and then later in the Texas Senate, and even as a gubernatorial candidate, the more I came to fully understand the challenges that still in 2018 women are up against. And it's really phenomenally disappointing. The church has a responsibility to stand up and to speak out and to say, this is horrible. Women testify that they are reluctant to testify out of fear they will not be believed. They will be blamed for their own attack. They will be in greater danger for telling and their attacker will be protected rather than held accountable. This has to stop and the church has to demand that it stop.
just don't think that this is man bashing. I, I'm embarrassed for the behavior of many men. And I believe absolutely 100% that women and men need to stand up against that kind of behavior. If you know it is happening in your house, cut out the cancer. We have a huge backlog of thousands of untested rape kits in our state, and our state is not fully funding this issue like it should. Here we are in 2018. We still are not able to look those women in the eye and say to them, your experience mattered enough for us to finally test the darn rape kit. I just feel like some tentativeness about talking about it, which is kind of the problem, right? I've told my closest friends, and um, that's it. We look at the victim of this crime first and say, well, what could you have done to change this? Why didn't you change it?